0: The digitalization of operations and the increasing use of streaming and internet usage is driving demand for data and boosting the data center market with positive long-term growth opportunities. According to CBRE, the strong demand for data center capacity is yielding record low vacancy rates and that the worldwide shortage of available supply is leading to price increases for data center capacity. A Clifford Chance report predicts that data center industry growth will be tempered by higher costs, slowing economies in many parts of the world, new capacity challenges, and increased regulation due to sustainability concerns about energy and water consumption. CBRE posits, this will spur innovation in data center design and technology as operators aim to deliver the capacity that meets the increased power density requirements of high performance computing. Joining us today on Podchats for Future CIO is Daniel Poynton, Group Chief Technology Officer for ST Telemedia Global Data Center, to give us an update on data center trends as viewed from the perspective of a data center operator. Daniel, welcome to Podcasts for Future CIO.
1: Good morning, Alan. How are you today?
0: To help frame our discussion and provide context to your responses, please describe the business of ST Telemedia Global Data Centers.
1: We're a global data center operator, in other words, a co-location provider. We operate 60 plus data centers, over nine geographies, with in excess of a 1000 megawatts of IT load within our platform. We've got uh, a number of core regions uh, where we've got very established businesses, for example, Singapore, which is our headquarters, and UK and India. We've got a number of growth areas that we've been actively pushing into in the last few years, including places like Korea, Japan, Philippines, uh, Indonesia, Thailand, and more recently, Germany.
0: Reports from analysts and consultants suggest that 2023 and onwards will continue to see more organizations moving into the cloud. At the same time, we are also hearing of the an exodus back to on-premises data centers for some. Either direction is good news for builders and operators of data centers. Would you agree? I think certainly for
1: builders of data centers, I think it's it's certainly good news either way. Our role as an operator of co-location data centers is, is an owner operator model. And so we have certainly seen our business and I think we've positioned our business as a as a really critical building block of digital infrastructure. And we all know the growth in adoption of technology. You know, we all track the digitization of enterprise and government and society and we see an enormous continuation of the growth trajectory for digitization. Whether that digitization goes to the cloud, to your point, I think over the last decade, there's there's been, a, you, know, you know I think, a very large cloud-first movement by a lot of organizations, or or whether people choose to host their workloads on their own premises, or whether they choose to put them in co-location data center like us, where they can still control the IT infrastructure that's, that is critical to them, but need not worry about the real estate and the operational aspects of a data center, which is really where we come in. I think we see Overall, we see the public clouds continuing to grow, of course, and you know, whilst people you know, will deploy their workloads either you know, into the cloud or out of the cloud in more of a hybrid model, inevitably the underlying amount of workload that's required is still growing phenomenally. And so I think we'll see that any exodus, I'm not sure that's the right word, but any, any exodus from public cloud you know, towards more of a hybrid model, I think is uh, not going to you know, cause a lot of drama to the public clouds, I wouldn't have thought.
0: For data center operators, what do you see are mid- to long-term opportunities and challenges?
1: Well, yeah, I think we see enormous mid- to long-term opportunities for growth of the data center sector, but in particular, co-location data center sector, which is our business. And I, I think we've spoken about the growth of computing, but more recently, we've seen a inflection point with technologies like AI, uh, whether it's generative AI, whether it's visual computing, whether it's omniverse, for example, we're seeing already, not just hype, but a real increase in demand for data center services. And, you know, that's led us to some interesting work in our business, you know, where we've, in the last couple of months, announced an infrastructure as a service play as well, you know, that's focused specifically on AI workloads and How can we think about our data centers as perhaps AI factories rather than a traditional data center that you might currently think of it as?
0: Now, you are the chief technology officer for STT GDC. When it comes to the business of a data center operator, what is the function of the CTO and how does this overlap with that of the CIO?
1: that's a very interesting question alan so we're a very tech heavy business the products and services that we supply to our customers are technology based and we, we we somewhat sit at the intersection between real estate and technology in that we are investing and owning and operating data centers to service technology customers you know yet we have our foundations in developing the assets and operating the assets, you know, from more of a physical infrastructure perspective. So being a very technical business, most of what we do involves technology, and that could be engineering technology in the design and construction of our buildings. You know, it could be sustainability technology, you know, when it comes to operating our business, you know, and our decarbonisation plans, our ESG strategies, etc. Whether it's the actual, you know, what might be seen as the IT you know, aspect of our business that would normally be a CIO type role to operate operate the kind of corporate IT systems you know, that we need as a business. I guess in a nutshell you could you could think about my role as the executive with kind of overall responsibility for all the technical aspects of our business. Operation of data centres, construction of data centres. I take the CIO role in a sense as well we don't actually have a separate CIO that looks after our corporate IT you know so that so the IT team falls under me as well. You know one of the really growing I think areas of the role is, is particularly to do with ESG and sustainability. Just to spend a minute on that topic, if I could. I think we see some enormous um, focus, you know, from the data centre sector and, you know, more broadly, the technology community to address the sustainability challenges. And uh, we've got a pretty comprehensive team, and a pretty comprehensive programme in place uh, around ensuring that our business is not, you know, not just following, but genuinely leading as a, as a digital infrastructure supplier in the sustainability space, which, which also, just going back to one of your earlier questions for a minute about what are the what are the challenges in the data center business? I think addressing the sustainability challenges of the sector is going to be critical. We all know data centers are a major source of energy consumption. We know that there's a increasing amount of focus on the sector. We're absolutely committed to, as I said, not just following, but we've really got an opportunity to be Asia's champion in sustainable data centers. And you know, something that we're putting a lot of focus into at the moment, you know, whether it's our decarbonization plans or whether it's sourcing you know, vast amounts of renewable power or a little bit more like the work that we're starting to do with hydrogen. And in fact, how do we use AI in our own business as well?
0: In recent years, there have been a renewed interest in data sovereignty. How does the requirement in some sectors for data to stay in-country impact some of the value propositions of the cloud, like economies of scale or the ability to access your data from anywhere, and perhaps not having to worry where it is physically stored?
1: very interesting topic, Alan, and something that we certainly see being pretty impactful for our business. As you rightly point out, a lot of countries, if not all, are working on or have implemented their various data sovereignty laws and regulations. And some countries you know, are taking a more aggressive view than others, I guess, in what types of data, you know, what types of businesses are going to be captured by that regulatory net. Certainly, the public cloud is responding, as you said exactly, by deploying their infrastructure in every country, rather than the traditional data centre hubs. The, the you know the Singapore the Hong Kong's etc. We now see all of the public clouds building out their own infrastructure in just about every country in Southeast Asia and the same across the world. So I think that would no doubt present some challenges to those organisations in that how do they actually you know execute in those countries and are they losing economies of scale like you mentioned? But that also presents some opportunities for the likes of data center operators uh, like us, you know, who have expertise and have people on the ground and we've you know got a long heritage in in operating our business in many different markets and so i think there's a role for the colocation operators like us to help public clouds with those sort of deployments as they expand around the world as well i think as well as the data sovereignty there's you know, there's another factor that's you know, maybe contributing to a hybrid cloud model, which is more, you know, another regulatory factor. And we we see businesses like uh, banking, for example, is, you know, is a highly regulated industry and uh, not just because of data sovereignty, but because of other regulatory drivers, you know, like, and that may force, you know, organizations down a particular path of controlling the IT infrastructure, you know, being able to prove to the regulators that if you need to exit public cloud in a heartbeat in provider one then you've got a second location that's already in your control that's ready to go you know so you can continue to support the country and and your customers so we see you know those two factors are absolutely driving uh, not just the spread of public cloud but also a movement towards hybrid you know where organizations will look to control some of their workloads either in-house or through a colocation operator like us
0: on the question of whether to buy or build or rent their own data center, for organizations looking to either own or operate their own data centers or co-location, for example, what are key considerations that the heads of technology and finance need to bear in mind?
1: I think the first thing that comes to mind, Alan, is is customers really need to look at the TCO uh, from their perspective and, and understand what would be the cost to go and build their own data center, resource a team you know, to operate the data center, and then continue to sustain that investment for many decades. Clearly, that's a large capital investment, and so they're faced with the choice of either taking that on board, if they have enough confidence, I guess, in the long-term need and the specifications, versus consuming from the public cloud, it which I think we all know is is very flexible, very nimble, you know, very fast to be able to scale up and scale down as your business changes. You know, you can consume more, you can change the models to all the different instances, you know, that you're consuming, you can change cloud providers. But I think people are also finding that over, you know, a decade or so of, of strong public cloud usage, then it's actually can be quite expensive if you're not being very careful to optimize the services that you're subscribing to on a continual basis and not just go and roll out a new instance every time you have a change in the business, you know, and never shut it down once you've actually finished with it. So I think we see you know, businesses like ours and co-location as a, as a really nice hybrid, you know, that can allow people to, I think, focus on, on that technology, you know, without needing to think too deeply about the underlying physical aspects, like the real estate, you know, the design and construction. And if you're a if you're a tech company, you don't necessarily have real estate expertise, you don't necessarily have facilities management expertise. And you know, that's a big part of our value proposition, you know, having developed all of the expertise that we need, you know, right from from sourcing of land and permits to securing and deploying, you know, large and vast amounts of power. I think the other answer to your question about buy, build or rent, I think increasingly we're finding that availability of power is a key driver of technology. And as you said before, there's various analyst reports that talk about data centres of, you know, using something in the order of one to 2% of global energy. As the use of technology and societies continue to dig digitize, no doubt that will become even more in focus. And it's really quite challenging for utility companies and for power grids to be able to deal with these very large and often unexpected applications for very vast quantities of power. It used to be the case, for example, you know, that one megawatt was considered a large data center, you know, maybe 15 years ago, maybe 10 years ago, you know, it was maybe a 10 megawatt data center, you know, but now we're looking at most of our campuses are north of 100 megawatts these days. And so the quite large infrastructure constraints as well which i think is actually not necessarily something that Well, i guess what i'm saying is it's not always an economic choice of buy build or rent there might be you know situational circumstances where a company needs a data center in in a certain country or a certain city you know for a business reason and you know access to power um you know something that folks like us work on years in advance and you know so being able to deploy quickly is uh not always easy
0: when does ROI come into the picture when deciding between building your own data center or hooking up with a colo company like STTGDC?
1: It's not easy to draw a direct comparison if somebody's looking at uh, you know, building their own DC versus a colo, because we've got fundamentally one's a capex heavy model, uh, which takes an investment. And you know, fundamentally, we're offering customers to consume us as a service, you know, consume colocation as a service, which becomes an opex model. So, yeah, so I, I think that's, you know, it's not easy for customers to necessarily do a financial equation to come up with an answer. But of course, it's not just about the facility itself, the data center facility you know, what is actually an even more significant decision and cost is the actual compute equipment itself in a typical data center. What we would spend to build and operate a data center is, and when we compare that to what our customers actually spend on the compute technology, the, you know, the server tech, the storage tech, the network, et cetera, that is running inside our data center, you know, it can be an order of magnitude of two X, three X, four X, you know, higher you know, than the cost to build a data center. So I think customers would be looking at at the capex needed for the compute and infrastructure and whether they should incur that themselves or, or whether they should consume that as a service, you know, through a public cloud. That's quite a fundamental decision that I think would really, you know, be top of mind for CFOs, you know, when they're thinking about
0: TCO. Just out of curiosity, what is the expectation of the life of a data center these days from an investment point of view?
1: Certainly they're long term investments from our perspective. And you know, cost to build a data center by the time you factor in things like the land, the construction of the of the building and all of the engineering technology, and largely the you know, the power systems, the cooling systems, you know, the security systems, you know, they all add up to be quite sizable investments. And so absolutely these are long term investments. And we, you know, we would typically design our data centers with a lifetime in excess of 20 years. The building Itself isn't going to be any problem, you know, for the building itself to survive much, much longer than 20 years. But when it comes to the power and cooling technology, like you mentioned things are changing very fast. On the one hand, you've got innovation and technology that's driving this pace of change, not just for our customers and their compute infrastructure, but also for our engineering infrastructure. You know, is, is changing. But on the other hand, you've got you know, some very kind of foundational methods that engineers use to design and operate data centers that that can be a little bit slow to change and, you know, there's very established ways to power a data centre and to cool a data centre and to secure a data centre. So There's not a lot of risk in terms of the pace of change of of the mechanical and electrical systems. People have been using cables to be able to convey electricity for for centuries, you know, and it's not about to change anytime soon. People have been using pipes, you know, to convey water and and that's not going to change anytime soon. But I think what is changing very rapidly, though, is the usage of the data centre and the change in the type of computing workloads that are being utilized and the type of compute infrastructure that's actually being used. And so we've seen a, you know, a pretty, you know, I think we're at a quite an inflection point now where the rise of AI and the sheer volume of of compute infrastructure, not just the volume, but the very nature of the compute infrastructure that will support and underpin AI is much more focused on accelerated computing. You know, for example, GPU type compute infrastructure you know rather than your than your typical kind of x86 or, or cpu style compute infrastructure and so fundamentally we've got a change from CPU to GPU when it comes to supporting AI workloads um, but actually GPUs are are much more dense and you know the amount of power and heat that is produced is a completely different challenge you know to what we've what we've used to been dealing with and so i think that's going to give rise to some changes on the physical infrastructure as going back to one of the topics i mentioned earlier is our, our partnership with Firmus. and what we're really thinking about there is adopting liquid cooling as a form factor and and more of a containerized type of form factor. So that rather than a than a co-location customer rolling their rack into our data center, we would provide what we call a hypercube, you know, which is a which is a mini AI factory that's quite self-sufficient in terms of the compute infrastructure is already there, the cooling infrastructure is already there, all of the GPU servers are already immersed in the immersive cooling environment, ready to operate the IT workload. And so that kind of thing has, has quite a sustainable impact as well in terms of you know, drastically improving. PUE, but, but also changes our, you know, the fundamentals of, of how we design our data centers as well. Because it's quite different when you're rolling in a something that resembles a shipping container you know, full of GPUs you know, you know, versus you know, what we've used to been dealing with you know, for decades in the past.
0: From the perspective of a company looking to co-locate their compute needs, what would be a prudent approach to ensure cost-effective, scalable, and sustainable critical infrastructure?
1: I think it starts with TCO for sure, but then I think uh, potential customers really need to have a you know, have a good look at the at the track record of the co-location operator. This is you know, absolutely not an easy business, and it's not a simple exercise. You know, to stand up a new data center and and open the doors for business. You know, it, it takes very deep experience, very broad skills in an organization. You know, from investment to technology to engineering and into operations and pulling together all those resources and you know having done that you know now for I think nine plus years as STTGDC, GDC, there's a lot of experience there. And fundamentally if, if people are placing their compute in one of our co-location data centers, they're really doing so with a lot of trust. And they have trust that we will take care of our responsibilities, you know, in accordance with our service levels, which are uh, largely around redundancy, reliability to support the continuous operations of our IT infrastructure. I would think that buyers would be looking at the track record, the co-location provider very carefully, you know, when it comes to you know, can they live up to their, you know, their commitments, you know, about reliability, because you know, fundamentally, you know, we are tasked to secure and ensure the availability of our customers' operations.
0: Daniel, thank you for joining us on Podchats for Future CIO.
1: Thank you very much, Alan. It was a pleasure to talk to you today.
0: That was Daniel Poynton, Group Chief Technology Officer for ST Telemedia Global Data Centers on the topic of considerations for digital infrastructure. You are listening in the Podchats for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now.